0: Reminding the believer in Christ what will solve their every problem, here is Pastor Ed Taylor. The blessed hope, the soon return of
1: Christ, the blessed hope and the glorious appearing. Let me tell you this, wouldn't the coming of Jesus Christ solve every problem in your life right now? Wouldn't it just be done and just be in the presence? Our last breath on earth will be our first breath in heaven or even better, in the twinkling of an eye, we're in the immediate presence of Jesus Christ to be with him forever and ever and ever and ever. That's where hope is.
0: This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. without it. Today, perhaps more than ever, there is the need for a real hope, an expectation of coming good. And it's our focus today on abounding grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Last time we were together, we turned to John chapter 14. If you'll recall, it records a promise of Jesus to his believers. Here with more on this promise of Jesus and why we have such a blessed hope is Pastor Ed. Ed, remember what I've promised, what
1: I've shown you. It's like there'll be times when God says, you know Ed, you've been saved 29 years and not one moment in 29 years have I ever been unfaithful to you, God says. Moment by moment by moment. Have there been times in 29 years when life's been very bad and hard? Yeah. And there were times, I wish I was only 29, but I got a few years before that when I lived in rebellion against God and life was really bad then. And yet God is faithful. And he says, listen, hope number one, the root of it is, believe me. Believe me. Number two, notice what Jesus says in verse two. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Receive that as a promise to you and to me. In his father's house, there are many dwelling places, many abiding places, and Jesus says, I'm going to set up your home, your permanent residence. Here's number two. Number one, believe in me. Number two, Jesus says, heaven awaits you. Heaven is up ahead. If you're a born-again believer, you don't have to be hopeless because you're going to heaven no matter what comes your way, you can be sure of, you can be certain of the heavenly hope that's promised to you by Jesus. Jesus says, I've prepared a place for you. He's been up there for us in our time period, 2,000 plus years. Preparing a place. Preparing a place. Heaven is a real place. As real as any city in the world today. You think of the cities that you visited, and you're like, yep, I know that. I know that city exists. I know that. Well, why? Because I've been there. Now, some of you are saving because you want to visit a city you've never been to before. You just have brochures. You you have Google searches and images. You you have some travel booklet of, you know, one day I want to go to Paris. Or one day I want to go to Australia. And you've never been there, but you believe it's true. You've seen pictures. People have said it's true, but you've never been there. And yet you still believe it's true. Some of you want to travel around the world. Some of you want to travel to Wyoming. But you've never been there yet. But you know it's true. You guys with me so far? Heaven is more real than any place you've ever been. Heaven's more real than any travel brochure. Heaven is a real place. And I like what Greg Laurie said. Greg Laurie said this. He said, heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. And that's where hope comes. Heaven is a prepared place. Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. And you and I are now being prepared. Heaven is real. And so is hell. As real as heaven is, hell. Heaven is to gain and hell is to avoid. You don't want to spend eternity apart from God, friend. You you want to find yourself as a hope-filled man or woman, boy and girl that trusts God. C.S. Lewis put it this way. All things that ever deeply possessed your soul have been hints of heaven. Tantalizing glimpses, promises never fulfilled, echoes that died away just as they caught your ear. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Church, you were made for another world. This world is not our home. So many go through life, though, trying to fill that emptiness, that God-shaped void and emptiness in their life. They choose to fill it with possessions and money and titles and success and drugs and sex and alcohol, and the list goes on. An empty person chases after sin, and sin only leaves them more empty than when they started with regrets and condemnation, and guilt, and pressure. And things get worse after sin, not better. You see, heaven awaits every true believer. And deep down inside, you're longing for something that the earth can never give you. Deep down, you're homesick for heaven. And hope is rooted in a person and in his promises to us the promise of heaven. Jesus died on the cross in our place so we don't have to fear death and we don't have to place our hope in a broken world but rather in a perfect heaven. Which brings us to number three as we wind down. Number three, in verse three, Jesus says, okay, believe me at my word. Okay, heaven awaits. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. Here's the third hope, the root of hope, and that is the soon return of Jesus Christ. A lot of the anxiety and difficulty you're facing right now is simply because you don't live with the expectation of Jesus' soon return. There is an automatic infusion of hope. When you have your eyes expecting the return of Jesus Christ. When you live like he's going to delay his coming or that's just some weird Bible thing or the pastor's made that up in the past and maybe he'll come back and maybe he won't, there's no hope in that. Jesus promises his word. Many of you have your Bible open. You see it's in the red letters. Jesus said he's coming again. And Paul would write, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to young Pastor Titus, he called it the blessed hope the soon return of Christ, the blessed hope, and the glorious appearing. Let me tell you this, wouldn't the coming of Jesus Christ solve every problem in your life right now? Wouldn't it just be done and just be in the presence? Our last breath on earth will be our first breath in heaven, or even better, in the twinkling of an eye, we're in the immediate presence of Jesus Christ to be with him forever and ever and ever and ever. That's where hope is. There's no hope in seeing temporary peace, and there's no hope in getting your opinions across, and there's no hope as you just taking a stand and continuing the division. The hope comes as we surrender our lives and live in light of the soon return of Jesus Christ. If you don't see, listen, church, if you don't see the days in which you live, you have not been paying attention. You have been walking through life with your spiritual eyes closed. You are seeing in your generation things that no other generation that has ever—I mean, none from Adam and Eve to us today— No other generation is experiencing things that you right now are experiencing every single day, right now. It almost like, to me it feels like maybe the generation back in 1948 when Israel became a nation again, one of the most significant prophetic events to ever happen, that Israel would be gathered back together as an entity. It's an amazing, amazing prophetic fulfillment. And I can imagine being a pastor back in 1948. Listen, church, you don't understand. This is significant. This has never been seen before by any generation. And now we're a few years past and the last days continue to march on until the final end of the age. To the rapture of the church, the seven-year great tribulation period. And your eyes, if you don't have spiritual eyes, you're going to miss it. You live in a generation right now where there are global leaders willing to give up their own sovereignty of their own country, and give it over to one man. There are people crying out, we need help. We don't know what to do. There needs to be one way to handle this crisis. We need a man. And we know that man's name. His name is Mr. Antichrist. Don't be throwing out names. You don't know who he is. Mr. Antichrist. That was a test. It's like, I know who he is. You don't. Mr. Antichrist. Mr. Antichrist. You live in a time where literally, like like it is, this is no like backyard in the back alley. These are guys saying, you know, we're willing to do it right now. You're, You're living in a time where you can see the collapse of a global economy. Not, not our little city, our state, a global economy. You, you live in a time where they're saying, we need to reunite. We need to have a government that's one. We need to have a leader that's one. We need to have an economy that's one. And we haven't yet seen during this particular crisis a call for a one world religion. But believe me on the authority of God's word, that's coming. That's your generation. And if you miss it, you're going to miss the fact that you are living in the last days, that the coming of the Lord is closer than ever, ever before. We've never been closer on the authority of God's Word. We've been looking at this on Wednesdays, and you need to catch up with us. We're at the end of the book of Daniel. I almost just finished off chapter 12, but but I was reminded in chapter 12, Daniel was told, what I wrote you is for the end times. It's going to be sealed until the end. And then in the end, it's going to be opened. So we open the book of Daniel. We're understanding it's significant, unbelievable, amazing study in prophecy. But then I said, wait a minute. If Daniel wrote for the end, we better ask ourselves, what does the end look like? And when we ask that question, you know, the Bible has a lot to say. So we've looked at the wickedness of the end times already. And we've looked at the perilous, difficult times. This coming Wednesday, Lord willing, we're going to come together and we're going to look at Matthew chapter 24. And we're going to start looking at what Jesus said to look out for in the end times. Let me just read a very small portion of that. Matthew chapter 24, verse 4. He says, Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I'm the Messiah. They'll deceive many. Let me just give you an interpretation of that. There's going to be many people in the last days that say, I want to come and save you. You need a savior, I'll save you. And people will go, save us, save us. But like the generation that saw Jesus, they only are thinking of the immediate. Get us out of this crisis. Save us, save us. Isn't that what they did to Jesus? Those that misunderstood Jesus didn't understand he came to save their souls He came to rescue them from sin. But there'll be people coming in the last days going, I'll save you. I'll take care of you. I'll make sure it's okay. And you'll hear wars and threats. So you might memorize this, rumors of wars. But don't panic. These things must take place, Jesus said. But the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. So church all around us, Bible prophecies are being fulfilled. The signs of the times say that Jesus Christ is coming back soon. Jesus even said this. He used the illustration. You can go outside, look up in the sky, see dark clouds, and know a storm's coming. You don't have to go to school for that. You don't have to be a meteorologist. You go outside, you look, you go, oh, there's a storm coming in. And he says, just like you can tell the weather, he condemned the spiritual leaders. He goes, you guys can tell the weather, but you don't know the signs of the times? And I would wonder if that is the word that part of you have lost hope because you're not discerning the signs of the times. Your hope is not in a heavenly return. And because of that, you're discouraged. You're discouraged. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Precious church, I know that life isn't easy and it hasn't been. It's been a very challenging time for us. I personally have had, I haven't had an easy life. I brought a lot of the pain upon myself and I've also experienced things that were the result of sins of others. I haven't had an easy life. It's been challenging, but so is yours. It's been a challenging three months, three years, 30 years. And yet I know that God is faithful. Hope tells me this, I can believe in God's word. And hope tells me this, I can look forward to heaven. And hope tells me that I can expect Jesus Christ to come at any moment. And by faith in Christ, listen, we're all going to live happily ever after. And that's no fairy tale. That is assurance on the Word of God. If you ever doubt that, just turn to the last page of the book of Revelation. You'll see God wins in the end. You can trust Him. And one day as a believer is put your faith in Christ. We'll stand before God and all of our questions will be answered. All of our tears will be wiped away and everything will make sense. But if you're not a believer, life on earth, you got to understand, life on earth, this is as good as it's going to get. And you're like, boo, boo. I know this is as good as it's going to get. But for the believer, life on earth, this is as bad as it's going to get. Because it's only up from here, literally into the presence of the Lord. Peter put it this way in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. All praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's by his great mercy that we've been born again because God raised Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that's kept in heaven for you, pure, undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. We have a living hope, and His name is Jesus Christ. Hope is contagious, church, but you got to give it away, living it out in your life. Hope today leads to strength and vitality. Strength for today, hope for tomorrow, hope for today, and strength for tomorrow. Listen, life is so short compared to eternity, and yet you and I have an ability to encourage people in the heart, in the very depth of His hopeful message that your sins can be forgiven. You know, when we were praying about opening up again, it started with our drive through prayer. We knew back then, even before the safe at home order was over, we knew we needed to see people physically. And so we opened it up and said, just drive to the church, we'll be here. And we'll set tents up and we'll honor all the extensions and all, you know, and we said just take an essential trip to Safeway and then come across the street since you're there. Just come home through the parking lot and come around because you're right there. And so as people were here, it was the first day and we were, we were here and, and I began to see the relief on the faces of the people that came. I began, people were crying in their car, coming with great anguish. And that was back a few weeks ago, and that began. Then we had a board meeting, and I'm like, we just got to talk about this and see what, what the, what's the Lord leading us to do. And, and I, I just got that sense, like, hope is being lost. And people are giving up. Believers, they're quitting. And, and when you start to let your guard down, all kinds of other junk starts to fill that void. And, and I know it's time for us to, to take back the reins of our faith that we, we do not live as victims of circumstance. Circumstances do not control us. The Spirit of God leads us and guides us, and we submit to His control, not circumstance. But you might feel like you're under circumstance, like things are out of your control, and those things get ripped away from you. They get stolen away from you. But I'm here to tell you that even in the midst of great crisis, there's hope. So last night after service, after I turn the news or leave the news and I'm looking at uh, my Instagram feed, there's there's a notification that pops up that somebody tagged me and Steve tagged me. Some of you know Steve. Steve is a very vibrant, strong part of our church. And he was a photographer and a teacher and he was suddenly diagnosed and struck with ALS. And it has rapidly stolen away the faculties of his body. His mind is as sharp as sharp can be. And through his wife, Chisa, we are able to communicate because she's just about the only one that can understand him now, they've got that language, you know. And, And he is vibrant behind the body, stuck in his wheelchair. And last night he posted a picture on Instagram. On one side is Pastor Ian leading worship. On the other side, he's, you know, obviously snapping shots of the TV as he's watching online because he's high risk. And he's got this side is, is Ian and this side is me. And he took a much better picture. Ian looked way better on the picture than me. So I don't know what he was thinking when he put that up. So he said something like, well, let me just read it to you because I have it. He, uh, I, I took a screenshot and I sent it to Ian because this, this is what's happening. There is hope being restored. And that's my whole point here. Hope is being restored. Even if you doubt me today, you're like, I, I just don't know. I don't know if hope can be restored. Well, listen, this is what Steve, and, and who knows how, if he dictated this to Chisa or he has that thing where he can uh, do with his eyes, uh, he can post and he can text with his eyes. Uh, and he said this. The Bible study taught by Pastor Ed tonight was about the great hope we have in Jesus. However, that's never a good transition, but it was. As Pastor Ian led worship, I had the urge to get up out of my wheelchair and begin to hop. And it's in his heart. The limitations upon him are real. We have laid hands and we have prayed for healing and we have asked for supernatural intervention in his life. But God has chosen not to give us that thus far. But hope is restored in that man's heart. And you may feel like hope will never be restored. You may feel like hope is lost. You may feel like you've lost everything and that nothing's ever gonna be good for you again. And that is not true. Jesus says to you and to me, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. You believe also in you put your faith in anyone or anything else your hearts will always be troubled. But the moment your eyes are fixed on Jesus, the troubling thoughts and anxiety begins to dissipate. And what does he replace it with? A peace that passes all understanding.
0: You're listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. If you joined us late or would just like to hear this message again, turn to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Or you can listen through our app, too. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or get it on Google Play. Well, Pastor Ed, you mentioned Steve and his battle with ALS and how hope was sparked in his heart by the worship and teaching of Calvary Church. And no doubt, there's many listening that are hurting and struggling themselves or hurting for a loved one that needs healing, provision, reassurance, salvation, or hope.
1: Can you pray for them? Hey, thanks, Larry, for inviting me to pray for those hurting. Uh, I think you said it best. You know, those that are hurting, those. That are brokenhearted, interceding and praying, diligently wanting healing, provision, even reassurance and salvation and hope. I I love how you put it together, and I'd love to pray for them. Father, we come to you uh, today asking for your favor and help and strength for those that are in a very hard situation right now. I'm reminded... Of our brother Paul and the scriptures who cried out for that thorn in his side to be taken away and your answer was my grace is sufficient for thee because my strength is made perfect in weakness and Lord we know that that is a wonderful passage it's a wonderful encouragement And then when you face it, it becomes very hard. And I pray for those that are facing it. I know they believe, and I know they love you, and I know they are uh, desiring you, but I also know they hurt, they're struggling, and they need that touch of your Holy Spirit in their lives. So I pray that into their lives. And of course, if your will is healing, we want that. Your grace is sufficient to bring about healing. That's our desire. Uh, but we pray. I pray for him, God, and I pray my heart would be knit together with their heart, even as I prepare a message that I would be used by you to receive your word, that it might come through me to bring encouragement and strength to many. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: And friend, if you have a specific prayer request that you'd like us to pray for, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us through our website at aboundinggraceradio.com. Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. And when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy by Mark Rokop. Some would describe the year 2020 as one of the darkest seasons of life, but we're not left alone. God is wanting to help and hear from us. You'll discover it's okay to grieve and struggle at such times, but it's important to reach into God's reservoir of grace and mercy. As you read this wonderful book, watch your worship and trust in God grow. Again, we'll send you a copy today when you support the ministry with a gift of $25 or more. Call 877-30-GRACE, and we'll drop that in the mail right away. Please keep in mind, it's your generosity that helps us provide the teaching of God's Word on stations all across the nation. We're constantly hearing from listeners that have been helped and are growing by God's abounding grace. Thank you for standing with us to make that possible. Call 877-30-GRACE or donate online at aboundinggraceradio.com. And then be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time when we'll again learn that hope is contagious. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace.